Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Good evening, everyone. It's time for the Dating and Relationship Show right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta of singleinthecity.ca. Today, we are discussing relationships when illness strikes. This show is pretty much for anyone who is married, in a long-term relationship, or dating a partner who is battling with an illness. Now, we had a show similar to this a little while ago, but I feel like we didn't do it justice because my sister wasn't there. That's right. My sister, her husband, and my niece Erica are in studio here with me today. Now, Mike and Sabrina have gone through so much with Sabrina's illness and recently with Mike's sudden illness. Uh, these two I admire so much. They have a really great relationship, and through all the ups and medical downs, they're still going strong after 20 years of marriage. Sabrina now is someone that can teach us a thing or two. She lives each day like it's her last, and uh, she doesn't sweat the small stuff. Oh, and she spends money like it's going out of style. That comes with living each day like it's your last. <laughs> Yeah, that's what my husband would say. Yeah, so welcome everybody to the show. Hey, Laura. Hey. Hello, Hello, everyone. And my co-host today, I almost forgot about you, sorry. That's okay. Missing Sandra, though, I am. But my co-host today is Dr. Claudia Michaela. I'm happy to be here again, Laura. Okay, yeah, love having you. So... Sabrina, let's start with you. Tell us what happened. You got sick, I think, 16 years ago. So tell us your story. I had a six-year-old and a five-year-old. Um... Nothing out of the ordinary other than the fact that I felt really, really tired, like so tired that I was just sleeping every minute of every day that I could. Um, went to the doctor. My Turns out my white blood count was really high. Um, not high enough to, to get anybody worried, but high enough that they wanted to keep an eye on it. Um, so after a few weeks of keeping an eye on it, I went to see a hematologist who thought I might have leukemia, but he wasn't 100% sure. Um, He thought it was just some infection that I was fighting. Um, So he didn't even want to give us the name of the leukemia he thought I might have. He didn't want us looking it up, you know, how the internet is these days, right? He didn't want us looking it up. He didn't even want to write it down for us, but my husband browbeat him into into giving it to us. Um, And I knew right away when I read the symptoms, I go, that's I'm done. That's it. Um, I knew even before. Which you kept from us, by the way. We didn't really know until you were actually diagnosed. Well, I wasn't going to, what was I going to tell you? I think. Well, if that was me, I would have been calling everybody going, oh, yeah, this is what I think it is. Because <laughs> no. I'm like the big worry wart freak. No. Uh, no, I wanted to be absolutely sure before I went ahead and told anybody. Um, and sure enough, I had to have a bone marrow biopsy, and it turns out, that I had chronic myeloid leukemia. Um, I don't know who to feel sorry for, who I felt sorry for that day. Mike, sitting in the office holding my hand, or the poor doctor who walked in with this really sheepish look on his face and said, you know, on the outside it doesn't look like you had anything, but your genetic testing came back and you've got, you know, Philadelphia positive chromosomes, so you've got chronic myeloid. And just the look on the poor man's face, it was like... Yeah, he didn't have to say anything. Just walked into the room. I knew right away, yeah, she's got it. But yeah. I, I knew even before then that I had it. Um, it's just your body tells you when there's something wrong. And I knew 
weeks before that. And so you've been, it's been, what, 16 years now? 16 you've years. You've been in remission. Uh, technically, yeah, but they say I've been cured. You've been cured. But you still have had a lot of complications. I have. Throughout the years. I mean, you still have complications. You just, you were just on steroids. You know what, Laura? The, the, the phrase is you're treating a, a disease for a disability. When you have a bone marrow transplant to treat chronic myeloid leukemia, the things that come along with the, the bone marrow transplant are pretty tough. So, yeah, it's a, it's a disability instead of a disease now. And, Mike, how did you handle the news? Well, the day that it happened, it was very surreal because, you know, you get this life-changing news and you just, you don't think it's really happening to you. You're just kind of sitting there and it's just all kind of, it doesn't sink in at all. And then we walked back to the, the car afterwards. I was squeezing her hand. I didn't realize that. And she like shook my hand away because she just wanted to be by herself. She was like... Yeah, um, I looked at him and I go, don't touch me. That's right. <laughs> I, like, don't touch I me. see things haven't changed. No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Okay. Not at all. There's Erica piping in. Yeah, and I'm curious. I mean, I know that must have been a horrible moment for both of you, but my mind is racing towards how did you tell your children? And, and at this point, they were five and or six and... And five. Right. So. Um, we didn't use the C word. Okay. Um, and we never once let them know that it was really bad. Um, I just sat them down. I said that there's something wrong with mommy's blood and I'm going to go to the hospital and Uncle Joe is going to give me some of his blood to fix what's wrong with mine. Um, I, it, yeah, that's my brother. Uncle Joe. I, yeah. I actually wasn't a perfect match. Joe was a six out of six match. I was yeah. a three out of six. So right. I was second choice. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we just told them that and, and it wasn't until... I was home from the hospital that I had a book called what to, what to Eat When You Have Cancer that my six-year-old looked at me and he said, Mommy, did you have cancer? And I said, yes, honey, I did. He goes, oh, and then he just walked away. Okay. <laughs> and Erica, how did you feel? I mean, do you recall at being five that your mom was sick? Uh, you think that there'd be more of like, it, it'd be cemented in your brain when you're a little kid. But in all honesty, there's a lot, just few glimpses. The first one I had was because my mom used to play video games with my brother and I. Like she would sit down on the N64 with us. And so when we were told that mom's going to go to the hospital for a while, my first thought was, who's going to play The Legend of Zelda? (laughs) But then, which involved me scaring myself playing that game because I didn't know how to fight the final boss. But anyway, the other glimpses were just being in the car with my dad, my brother, going to the hospital and then see my mom in the bed. That's it. Okay, we're going to come back to this. We're talking about relationships when illness strikes on the Dating and Relationship Show. We'll be back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we're back. You're tuned into the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm Laura Bellotta. In studio today, we have Dr. Claudia Michaela. She's my co-host. And my family's here. Yes, my niece, Erica, my sister, Sabrina, and my brother-in-law, Mike. We are talking about relationships when illness strikes. And Mike, now I want to hear from you. Tell us how you got sick. It was just recent, last year. Yeah, so uh, 15 years after Sabrina's leukemia, I started to feel some discomfort in my abdomen. It was um, like bad digestion. And then sure enough, at my uh, 52nd birthday dinner, um, my uh, colon ruptured. And uh, the next morning I I had to go urgently to the hospital. 
and I had a uh, emergency surgery. And sure enough, there was a tumor in my uh, on my colon that caused it to open up. And I had uh, expert medical care from uh, Dr. Federico Pampoloni, who saved my life. Thank you much, very much, Federico. Uh, he took care of me, and I spent uh, two weeks at uh, Oakville Trafalgar Hospital. Found out that it was cancer that caused the rupture. And, um, Thank goodness that happened. Right, right. The tumor was relatively small, so they caught it early. And uh, most of the recovery was just recovering from the surgery. Um, I, I, that took a few months and then uh, a few months of chemotherapy as a, as a precautionary uh, strategy to make sure not, that, the, that the, uh, the colon tumor didn't seed anything else. So, yeah, but I'm, I'm good now. Okay, so what were some of the immediate changes that took place within your household when this struck, like especially with you, Sabrina, 16 when, years ago? Oh, when illness struck, with yeah. My, when yeah. my illness struck? Well, the first major change was Mike had to step up and do a lot more of the housework and stuff than I did. Um, the, the caregiving for the kids, because we really didn't have much help. I mean, mom was around, but she had her own mom to take care of. Um, and Mike, you were able to take six months off work, I recall. Yeah, that, that's right. My my employer was very generous. I worked for uh, the federal government, so I was able to take some time off and yeah, and just deal with everything. So my question is, how what impact did that have on your relationship, like between the two of you? It sounds like you guys are really strong and tight, but I'm sure that it must have been a huge strain emotionally. It, it was because I just wanted to be pretty much left alone to deal with what I had going on. I wasn't even allowed to go to the hospital to visit her. Really? <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I wouldn't let anybody come. Right. Yeah. I mean, the only one I wanted around was Mike. Um, but yeah, I was, I was more, I withdrew into myself because I needed that healing time. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to know about our relationship or, or where it was going or where it was going to, which was sad because... Well, of course, we, you're fighting for your life. The right. last I mean, thing you're going to worry about is your sense. relationship. I know. Not but, right away. No, but we'd only been married eight years at that point, right? Um, and That's we had, an eternity for some people. <laughs> <laughs> eight years. You I haven't even it. had a relationship longer than eight years. So, and we had the two kids. And so I went through the, I just went through the motions. I got up, I took the kids to school. I did the, the dinner thing. I picked them up and then... By nighttime, I was exhausted, and I didn't want to know yeah, about anything else. It's phases. Initially, it's all about getting better. Right. Nobody worries about relationship stuff. But then after a while, that kind of slowly creeps back into it. When you see that your spouse is getting healthier and stronger, you're you're wondering when things are going to go back to normal. Right. When's normal going to come again? Right. And you slowly start to realize that maybe there's a new normal. Now, I, think, I know that the one thing that works with you guys is communication. Right. I, I can... Honestly, say I can. I every time I go over to your home, I know that you are going to get the same thing. I'm going to be greeted with a hi, and nobody's going to be in a bad mood, and nobody's going to be pissed off at each other. And I love that about you guys. What you so, mean that I'm not going to be beaten on them with a exactly a like I don't think you ever have, right? <laughs> no. So how do you communicate your feelings or emotions with your partner, like in terms of communication? You. You have to learn to use your words. Mm-hmm. And I, I uh, need to learn. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate, by you. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't use words, their words properly. And I think it's patience, too. You have a lot of patience, let me tell you. You know, Honestly. I do now. I never did. I didn't before I got sick. Um, but now you just learn not to sweat the small stuff and you pick your battles. I mean, there are certain things that he does that annoy me. Sure, like, who wouldn't, right? <laughs> but you just let it go. Yeah, and Mike? Uh, absolutely. I'm not the kind of person that can let unpleasantness linger. Like, I don't want to go to bed angry, and I don't want to 
be thinking about, you know, being upset with her. So I'm always, if there's something bothering me, I'm, I'm the one that, that initiates a conversation to try and deflate the anger. I don't like letting things sort of linger. So it's, you know. I, and that's a great way to be. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only way to be. And it's about being honest, right? And that's hard to yeah. do, Mike. That's hard to do. Well, I, I try my best. To, we all have always been able to talk. I don't get as angry as she does. So I think sometimes when Sabrina that's gets... That's the Italian blood. <laughs> yeah, she gets sometimes to a point where she doesn't want to talk and she just wants to let the heat simmer off. And I, I've and le- what do you do in that case? I've learned to respect that. I've okay. learned to, at some point, right away, it's, it's pointless to engage because she needs to blow off some of that steam. So I allow her that... A bit of time, maybe I didn't used to in the past. Maybe I used to just rush in there and try and make things better or try and get to the root of it. But there is a point where talking, I think, doesn't have value and you have to wait until everybody's in a better headspace to communicate. We're going to come right back to this. We're talking about relationships when illness strikes on the Dating and Relationship Show. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. So much to talk about on the Dating and Relationship Show today. We're talking about relationships when illness strikes. In studio with me is Dr. Claudia Michaela. She's my co-host today. And I have my family here with me today. Sabrina, my brother-in-law, Mike, and my niece, Erica. Women are more likely than men to be victims of what's known as partner abandonment. A 2009 study published in the journal Cancer found that a married woman diagnosed with a serious disease is six times more likely to be divorced or separated than a man with a similar diagnosis. Among study participants, the divorce rate was 21% for seriously ill women and 3% for seriously ill men. And a control group divorced at a rate of 12% suggesting that if disease makes husbands more likely to split, it makes wives more likely to stay. How do you guys feel about that study? Yeah, I was reading a little bit about that myself, and what I came across was that usually when there's a one ill partner, the partner who's ill tends to get a lot of attention, uh, rightfully so, and tends to get a lot of support, but the non-ill partner is kind of left... Uh, to deal with their own emotions, and it's a very stressful time. So if we're going to compare the woman being ill and the man not being ill and having to pick up and step up, it, it's just an emotional thing that men generally don't know how to handle. Yeah, so, I mean, you, it's, so what the study is pretty much saying is that women will stay yep. and men will book. Right. Right? So, And reasons why men book is the absence of emotional support. Right. Uh, being a caregiver is not a traditional role for a guy. Nope. And they say that a spouse's illness can interfere with uh, one's ability to earn a living. And guys aren't cool with that. Well, it depends. I mean, we were lucky enough that Mike's employer gave him six months off to care for me. Um, but yeah, but he's been, okay, he's been caring for you for 16 years. I've seen it. Like, I always say to my mom, like, Mike is the <laughs> best brother-in-law. He is the best husband. Like, because a lot of guys, I've dated guys where I've had a bleeding nose and I got in trouble for it. Like, and they, don't they couldn't handle even it. handle my bleeding nose. Mm-hmm. Mike's been putting up with this illness and your disease and stuff for a long, long time. Yes. Or your disability now, sorry. Yeah. So, I, Mike, how come you didn't book? Let's hear from you. Because I think you're an inspiration to a lot of men. So well, that's a good question. Um, well, obviously I love her, and and the basis of. But the sometimes relationship. love isn't enough for guys. <clears throat> you know what? I think you play games with yourself in your head. I've, initially, it was this is all going to get back to normal. This is temporary. You know, visually she was getting better. the The acute period was a relatively short period of time, like you know, six months, eight months. 
even a year is relatively small amount of time. So after that had elapsed, I always thought that it was going to change back into the way it used to be. And you slowly realize that it doesn't. You slowly realize that there's a new normal that you have to accept. Right. As, as with respect to support, it's so true. You get a lot of platitudes as a man. You don't get actual support. You get a lot of people going, I know it's hard on you, and a lot of people just being polite, but you don't really get emotional support. And the only one I really wanted emotional support one from was my wife. And, she, and I had to come to realize that she, at this point in time, she wasn't capable of giving it yet. And eventually she did. And that's probably what saved the marriage is that um, she came to recognize that I needed her back in our emotional lives. I needed her to come out of that shell. And I slowly drew her out and she slowly did. Yeah. Well, to be fair, they did have, they do have support groups for caregivers and he just didn't want to go. And to be fair, I went (laughs) and saw a therapist and it was a horrible experience. So I went once. It was not a very um, useful experience and I decided I wouldn't be going down that route again. So that was my experience. So after all this, I know you guys, you guys have come out on top and you guys are obviously strong and you've accomplished and overcome many obstacles. I am, you know, sitting here with Erica and I'm looking at her thinking, how did her watching your, the relationship, what effect did it have on you? And did you see things change and how did you accept it? The thing is, I don't have a lot of memories with mom before she got sick like there a lot more of the concrete memories are mom after she got sick and after she was recovering and it became a disability and for the most part it's still she was still our mom for the for both my brother and I she was still looking after us she was still caring for us and with dad when he got sick it was really it's literally like walking down the street and having this loud bus just come whizzing by behind you because he was recovering from the hole in his colon and being stitched back together. And the idea that, oh, yeah, it was caused by a tumor in your colon. Right. Well, we can't really panic about it now because it's out of him. Right. We can just wor- We only have to worry about, is it going to linger? Okay. That's the only worry. And for the most part, there's no negative impacts, at least for me and my brother. We don't have any memories of mom being sick. And if anything, my parents became more like an instruction manual of how to keep a healthy relationship. Right. As well as amazing role models. Yeah, yeah, like pretty much good role models, as well as hearing like the good and the bad of seeking like like therapy, uh, like a psychiatrist or whatnot, because my mom had a good one. My dad had a bad one. So so pretty much at the end of the day, I'm given an open page of here are all the things that can go well here are all the things that can go bad you know what to do so just enjoy life the best you can oh erica that was so yeah that is so sweet good for you (laughs) we're gonna take a break we're gonna talk about how to make your partner feel secure in a relationship when we come right back stay with us on the dating and relationship show You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It's Sunday night and you're tuned into the Dating and Relationship Show. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in tonight and each and every Sunday night. I'm Laura Bellotta, your host. I'm from singleinthecity.ca. My co-host today is Dr. Claudia Michela. And in studio with me today, we have my sister, Sabrina 
my brother-in-law, Mike, and my niece, Erica. And we are talking about relationships when illness strikes because Sabrina has been ill, Mike has been ill. They have an amazing relationship and they're going to tell us and they're telling us how they make it work. So I want to talk about how you make your partner feel secure in a relationship. Who wants to start? Again, the community, it comes all down to communication. You tell them. You tell them how much you love them. You tell them how much they mean to you and, and what it means that they're there. Um, and one know. thing I always notice about Mike is he's always saying how great you look. He always does that. Oh, well, look at my wife. She looks so good. Oh, look at my wife. That's She's so, so pretty today. Or she has something nice on. He's Yeah, he's just really sweet. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he does. He, he does. You don't he does realize do I do that, but all right. You do. Yeah. You do. Very good. The funny thing is, is like he's the kind of guy women want, but my mom's more of the independent kind of person. <laughs> yes. Yes, she somehow it works. pretty much is. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mike, go ahead. How do you make Sabrina feel secure in the relationship? How do we, yeah, I think, again, talking. Just you know, making sure she knows how I feel, what's going on. Um, and, and again, I, I think it's different depending on what period of the we're at. Like right after she was sick, giving her her space. And then after that, making sure she understood that I needed to be healthy too. And so that I t- tell her what I need to be healthy, what I need to what works for me. And so, um, you know, I think having a healthy physical relationship is, was important. It kept us bonded together, right? Do you guys think there's a higher risk of infidelity when a spouse is sick? Yes. And why? Because uh, I think if you're left without um, that emotional support, um, you, if bad things can happen. So it's important that's communicated to your spouse and they, 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 they know that you're feeling But a it's also bit important to be a little bit patient too. Right. Yeah. And, and when your spouse is going through this illness, I think patience is very important. Well, here. sure. Yeah. Patience for the first, you know, year, maybe two. But, you know, we're talking after 16 years. I mean, you can only ask the person to be patient for so long, right? Um, but after, you know, you give them a year or so of... of of your patients and, and watching them recover, then I think at that point, the sixth spouse has to realize that, okay, I'm on my way to getting better. Now I got to turn my efforts to other things, my husband, my wife, my children, um, my family. So it's not, it, it becomes no longer me it becomes us. And that's part of probably your healing process too as the ill person, understanding that there's a time where you are ill, you need to be in kind of preservation mode, and then you have to get back into the swing of things and and kind of accept the new normal, but it has to be normal again. Well, exactly. I mean, I I finally realized after a certain point, okay, I've got to shake this off because I've been inside myself now for a year, a year and a half, however long it was, I've been doing my daily chores, but I've been doing them on automatic, and now it's time that I fully engage with my husband, my children, find out how their day went, um, you know, everything else that comes with being a wife and a mother. So I've always tried to make sure that my children were raised by someone who wasn't sick. Right. So I never let them think that, you know, mommy can't do something today because mommy doesn't feel well. For the first couple of months I did, but after that it was, okay, wake up. Right. Your point about patience, it's a balance between patience, and, but also I push her too, right? I, I think there's there, she can become complacent and just be happy in her little 
little valley, little bubble, whatever it is. Like just, just even recently again, because she went through a a rough period with her lungs and some, some inflammation and stuff. I've gotten her out in the trails again, walking again. She wouldn't do it if I wasn't like pushing her out the door. Come on, get your shoes on. Let's go. We're going for a walk. Come on. Oh, that first day I. (laughs) But Mike, there's a way to do it, right? Because I make there's a way to talk to Sabrina. Because if you were really nagging at her, she'd tell you where to go. I know that. Right. Oh, I did. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. I did. It's never a boring day at home. So, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. But I think that's what makes your family life, as much as you've had trials and tribulations, I think that's what makes your family life just very special and unique and also able to bring it back to the new normal. So, but you've also managed to maintain that same normal level, see, like the um, level of normalcy where, yeah, you have maintained a physical relationship. And once you start to lose that, then it's very easy to lose everything else. Yeah. So So I want to talk about spark in a relationship. You know, having that spark and maintaining that spark in a relationship is so important as well. So (laughs) what do you guys do to keep the spark going? We go away. Okay. Okay. We take, you know, um, it it doesn't have to go be anywhere far. It doesn't have to be anywhere extravagant. No, Uh, I mean, you're going away is going to the casino and uh, where's that (laughs) by Barry there? With that Casino Rama. We just drive up to Rama. I'm like, really? Yeah, they'll go the whole entire weekend. But they'll shut off their it... phones and nobody can get a hold of them. Yeah. And that's what it takes, right? So you're it'll... the last person I'll call when I, I always tell her that. If I, I have an emergency, <laughs> she's the last person I call. I never answer the phone. I have a cell phone and I don't I'm know like, why. I called you five times. What if I was dying? And she's like, well, if you were dying, then... Mom would let me know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Someone would drive over and knock on my door, right? <laughs> That's so Jeez, funny. Yeah. I'm serious. I'm I didn't saying. know you were a first responder. <laughs> yeah, that's I guess so. But yeah, no, we just nowhere, nowhere extravagant. We, I mean, a lot of couples swear by date night. We don't do the date night thing. No, you guys do the weekend away. That right. is like date night. Exactly. Date we weekend. Do, exactly. We do the weekend away, and it, it, I guess in a way it's easier for us now because our kids are 21 and 22. Right. That is a little easier. Right. Our son's out of the house now. So now, Mike, she cooks a lot. What if she didn't cook? Because I know that's so important to you. She's a wonderful cook. That's a, She is a wonderful yeah. cook. And, and that Isn't is, she, Erica? Oh, my yeah, God. Yes. That is a great part of, of, of her repertoire. Not so much in the house cleaning, but the cooking is... Uh, <laughs> okay. We have to go that's down. That's your down job, down Mike. But the cooking is, is spectacular. But your question about the spark, I mean, for, there's for me, there's no need to, to 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 work to have a spark in a relationship. You know, I'm I'm men are like you know visual, and you know I catch I, ca- I catch a glimpse of her one day doing something, and there's a spark for me. I don't need oh I don't need any, any special. Wow. Um, oh, you're so sweet, Mike. However, then it's like stop it, Erica's still home. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Erica, she's getting scandalized. <laughs> We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about compatibility in a relationship on the Dating and Relationship Show. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. We're back. You're tuned into the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm Laura Bilotta, and my co-host today is Dr. Claudia McKella from the Center for Health in Vaughan. And my guests today are my niece, Erica, my sister, Sabrina, and my brother-in-law, Mike. And we're talking about relationships when illness strikes. Uh, I want to talk about compatibility in a relationship now and how important compatibility is for a relationship. I know you guys are very compatible, but was there ever a time where you weren't compatible and you had to work on it, work on it a little bit? Uh, um. 
maybe at the beginning when I realized that he was a bit of a nerd <laughs> and I thought, uh, what am I getting myself into? Is that where all the video game stuff comes yeah, from? Yeah, yeah. Oh. And then I realized, you know what, I kind of like this stuff yeah. too. Well, you kind of <laughs> turned into a nerd too. So, yeah, I mean, it was maybe at the beginning, but after, you know, and we have different um, hobbies as well, but we do them together. Like, he'd be sitting in bed, you know, playing on whatever game on his computer. I'll be sitting right beside him, either reading, doing something on my tablet, doing my knitting, whatever I happen to be doing. But we're there together, not saying a word. But knowing that should, yeah, like should someone... But our toes are rubbing together. While we're yeah, he's got, he's got to always be touching me, this one. I don't know. His, huh. toe, his toes are always Your love to language my... is touching. Probably. His yeah. is. I don't know what mine is. I don't think I have one. Being, yes, you do. Being touched. Being okay, touched. so what are some ways that being compatible has made battling your illness easier? It, it's made it a lot easier because it's almost like we know what the other one is thinking or what the other one would do in our place. Um, and it gives us the ability to, to put ourselves in their position. Um, see, I didn't have to do much as a caregiver for him other than, you know, change clean his, his bandages. Yeah, change his wound, like clean his wound out, change his bandages and stuff. But, um, and that was for all of what, a month and a half? Yeah, but, but so, you know what? He's always been with you. Uh, every time, every trip you've gone to the hospital, yeah. Every trip that you've taken to the doctor, yeah. serious trips yeah, you know, to the doctor, I, you've always been there. And I mean, it's like, I, and I'd like sometimes to talk about I, that. yeah, sure. Because yeah, sometimes important. I want to step in and you're like, no, I'm going. Her cancer was really complicated, like scientifically really complicated. And, and the, the medical advice and all the medical visits were complicated. She's getting a lot of complex instructions and the options were complicated. Having another person there, having a second mind to process everything. I think was really important for her because when you're experiencing the emotions of all that stuff, you can't think. Right. A second person who can just stand there and just help you through it was is huge. And she did the same thing for me when I got sick. So you know that accompanying somebody, having somebody there for you just to go to the doctors, can't stress enough how important that yeah. is. He says the best. Well, actually, you know what? When I said that we don't do date night, I lied. Our best dates are when we go to the hospital. <laughs> it's doctor's appointments. It's, it's another one of our hospital visits, honey. But compatibility, you know, it was almost like a fluke. When we got married, you get married for the traditional reasons. You meet somebody, you have this great, hot sort of um, uh, thing going on for the first few weeks. It's a huge crush. There's a lot of connect connectivity. But then, and then you make the leap, and then through... I, I consider it through pure luck you find out afterwards that you're completely compatible. And I'm sure that's why we've stuck together. That's, that's the glue, right? Uh, Can you believe that? He <laughs> married me not knowing. He, he, he fell into it afterwards, he says. It's, I think a lot of people oh. do the same thing. You know, it's, it just happens to work out because of, you just kind of hit. Don't tell my dad that. <laughs> yeah, I think people should be compatible and know that they're compatible before they get married, Mike. Probably a good idea. Yeah, I not, think so. But that's not our that wasn't our path. That was that was just luck. So, you know, sometimes you need to be lucky in life. Mm -hmm. Now, we know that arguments with spouses can be so draining. So, how do you guys handle disagreements with each other? I yell, he doesn't. <laughs> okay. She yells. Well, you, can't, you can't be telling people that you yell at him. She yells and goes crazy. I sit back and go, "Hmm, okay." I think about things and I wait for the steam to come out of her ears and then I approach her and say, this is what we, this is the problem. This is what we got to do. And I approach it analytically 
we dissect it a little bit when she's ready to talk about it, and then so, it's over. So if you were also a hothead, Mike, then this wouldn't oh, work. Yeah. No, well, probably so not. The I, fact I, that I you're the hothead, mad. and yeah, yeah, but yeah, you, you are able to process everything. and I don't have a hair trigger. Yeah. Erica, when this goes on, what are you thinking? When my parents argue? Yeah. You ever go, Mom, you're in the wrong, just be quiet and stop being so erratical? The interesting thing is just, I always hear from mom's side of the story because sometimes she vents to me. Dad, every now and then, maybe I'll get a little piece of what he's thinking. But for the most part, these two are more, this is us. This is between us. We're not going to get someone else involved in it, which I really appreciate because I like the idea that my parents don't want my brother and I to pick sides. Right. I think it's completely inappropriate to bring your children into that into those kinds of things. They need to be insulated from the the, the adult strife. You know, I totally agree yeah. with that, and, Dr. And, Claudia. Yeah, I'm sure I you do yeah, too. I agree with that. And, I, and I have a question. So it's kind of on topic. So after all of this, Mike, you know, you knew her one way. You fell in love with this, you know, spunky kind of fiery woman. <laughs> after the illness, right? Did she? Do you view her as having changed? And if so, do you like the change? Obviously, you like the change, but did you have to readjust to the change? There was a dramatic change, and then there was a very slow and gradual return to normal. Okay. So it was a very long period of time when she finally came back to the woman that I married. But it took a while, and you're always questioning, is this going to happen, or is this going to come back? To complicate things, I don't know if my expectations changed as well. Maybe she isn't exactly the same person that I married, but maybe somehow through this journey, my expectations morphed into accepting what she had become and I didn't even realize it. Right. That's a good point. You're probably just happy to have her back in any capacity, healthy and happy. We're taking a break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta. SingleInTheCity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Thanks for tuning in to the Dating and Relationship Show on Sunday night. I'm Laura Bellotta, your host. My co-host today is Dr. Claudia McKella from the Center for Health in Vaughan. And my sister Sabrina, brother-in-law Mike, and niece Erica are in studio today. We're talking about relationships when illness strikes. And this question is for either you or Mike. Well, yeah, because Mike, you've been you know, at home for over a year and a half now. And I know that you guys spend a lot of time together. So how do you make it work? What are some tips on on making your relationship work? Because I know that if I was to hang out with someone on a daily basis for a year and a half, (laughs) that's all I have to say. (laughs) Uh, Okay, yeah. Lots of different hobbies. No, Um, we've had a special relationship before either one of us got sick. We met at work, so and you guys carpooled, together. and we carpooled, carpooled in together. Yeah, so it was you know, carpooling in the morning, work all day, carpool home at night, shower, go out to see them, um, and then we moved in together. It was you know, driving to work in the morning, work all day together, drive home, cook, blah blah blah. So we've always been together almost twenty four hours, seven days a week. So this year that he's been off, this year and a half, really hasn't changed much a little bit i mean not me not going because now i work at a different office than 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 where i used to so we're not together anymore at work professionally so when i got sick being home again was a change it was but uh, yeah right we 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 had a history of under of of getting i guess the best way to answer this question is we just get along and so i don't know how transferable this is to other couples 
what special advice or what special suggestions I and would you have. guys get along but you're very similar you have a lot of common interests yeah. and you guys you're, you're you both stay away from social media yeah which drives me crazy sabrina because i'm always like why don't you like my stuff she's like i'm never on there i'm never i'm never on there it's just <laughs> and i mean i don't know together if, they're busy together they don't have time to no but yeah them. but we we also have other things that we do like we've given up our cable okay so, so I, yeah they they don't have cable yeah unplugged. so if they need to watch the game they come to my house exactly okay <laughs> no only once <laughs> So, Sabrina, tell me the truth. So, if Mike started going on Facebook daily and using social media like Instagram, would that drive you nuts? Like, just think about it. Like, how I am on my phone all the time. Oh, God, yeah. It would drive me <laughs> nuts. That would drive me absolutely insane. So, do I drive you nuts? <laughs> Probably. I get, I get when you come too. over and you're constantly on your phone, yeah. We made it a rule at our house that there's no phones at the dinner table. Once the children got, like, once the kids were old enough to have phones. I just can't stand that stuff. It just drives me absolutely. You're either visiting me or you're talking to me on the phone. You're not doing something else. Oh, I didn't know that. Else, I know now. Okay, I'll never bring the uh, phone to the table again. Sorry. <laughs> Claudia, you had a question? I had a question. So it's obvious you guys are tight and you have an amazing relationship. Very fortunate, both of you. But my question is, do you, either of you or both of you feel that having had gone through all this turmoil in the last, you know, several years... Do you feel that it actually brought your relationship even closer? And do you think that if you hadn't gone through it, would you have been this tight? I think it has. Yeah. That's one of those, you know, what if questions. It's so hard to answer. Okay. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe we, we value what we almost lost, and that's heightened, you know, the, the relationship, the relationship experience somehow. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think it did. I mean, it brought us closer together um, because the kids were small when I was sick. So, you know, we had to band together, you know, to make sure that they were raised um, in a way that didn't make them feel um, that they were only getting half of our attention. Um, It made us, I think, made us appreciate each other or made me appreciate him a little bit more when he got sick because he came within a hair's breadth of not surviving. He was so septic. So when you think of things in, in, in those terms, it's, yeah, I could have lost them that, that Sunday morning. So it does make you realize what you have. And, and you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to, you know, mention cliches, but yeah, what doesn't kill you basically does make you stronger. I think we're the stronger for what the two of us have gone through and, and what I still go through. And when he got diagnosed, like, did you say, oh my God, here we go again? Um, yeah, that was a bit of that. It was a bit of that, yeah. and it was a bit of, again, I felt more sorry for the doctor. <laughs> for some reason. Because <laughs> he... Well, his terrible look on his face when he walked into my, my room. I was still in the in the bed, right. you know, with this, all this dressing on, and he came in and said, oh, sorry, I... I didn't think there was a tumor there when I took it out, but yeah, we did the we yeah. did the biopsy, we did the pathology on, and there yeah, it was a cancerous tumor. So and we he just, felt bad, yeah, I think, for missing it the first time. So he messed up. How do you miss that? You don't. You no, know, oh, he scary didn't. though. He didn't mess up. He's just a surgeon, and the tumor was so tiny that you couldn't feel it with your hands. So I'm not blaming yeah, him. He, he did everything right. He, he did everything he took right. This, he took the tissue, had pathology, and and, and and conclusively found out there was cancer So there. pathology didn't find it. No, pathology did. did find okay, it. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually. Okay, eventually. Eventually. Yeah, but it takes like a week or so for them to do yeah, the Yeah, but you must have been like, oh my God, here we go again. Okay, yeah, yeah, so last much. question of the day is, what is some advice that you can offer other couples going through a similar situation? Have a game plan. And patience. 
Um, when I was first diagnosed, it was, okay, we've got a problem. What's the problem? I've got leukemia. What's the solution? Bone marrow transplant. And then what happens after the bone marrow transplant? While I'm in the hospital, who's got the kids? Who do you want to come see you? Um, what's going to happen when we get home? Um, make sure you plan all of that before going in. Um, we had, you know, everything like from the cleaning ladies right down to the um, air purifier. We had everything set up before I went in. I gave him a list of people that I wanted to come visit, which was like nothing. <laughs> it was like nobody. Um, a blank piece of paper. So, you know, it was like, okay, I want you there with me every day. My mom can have the kids. Um, this is what's going to happen when I get home. And like, I can't stress patience enough. Yeah. And think about the reasons why you got together with that person in the first place. Exactly. And that person hasn't changed. No, it's and they may, they may, but that's where the patience and the understanding comes in. Um, you're just going to have to readjust or tweak your what your normal is. And if you love that person enough to marry them when they're healthy, then you love them enough to, you know, to be with them when they're sick. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you, everybody, for coming in. And I, amongst many others in the radio industry, uh, recently lost someone to cancer, my co-host and executive producer, Santa Carusi. I can tell you, though, she was a fighter. She fought hard, and uh, unfortunately, the cancer took over in the end. It's so important for people to learn how to support and care for your loved ones while they are still here. If you need more advice on this topic or any other topic regarding dating and relationships, visit my website, singleinthecity.ca. Claudia, how can people find you? You can follow me on my Instagram account. It's simply at Claudia Macchiella. Love you, Sandra. RIP, my friend. Ciao for now.